0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the official podcast of the Shots. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's always responding to YouTube comments. Uh, Yeah, I try to. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who hates our fans. Wow, that couldn't be more untrue, but uh, that's me, <laughs> Trey Newman. Wow. All right, well, despite Trey hating you, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at CFB Bros. And be sure to tune in uh, this Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Twitter and YouTube. We're going to have our second game day live stream Q&A. Uh, last Saturday we did this, had... A lot of people on there on, on Twitter and YouTube watching us came with some good questions. Uh, some college football questions and some random, random ones. We gave our favorite vegetables. So, mm, yeah. you know, maybe ask us our favorite fruit this weekend. Uh, <laughs> that's again, 11 a.m. Eastern. Follow us on Twitter and YouTube. We'll, we'll go live there. Um, yeah, come with questions. Um, all right. We thought about doing, by the way, a big nude kickoff and, yeah. and just doing it naked. Maybe this Saturday, that's when we'll try it we'll do it one of these saturdays for sure it's all right well fans account maybe <laughs> yeah there you go um all right let's uh, get into the week five recap tcu won at texas 33 to 31 after Keontae ingram fumbled on first and goal at the one yard line uh with two and a half minutes left trey what were your thoughts on this one all right what's first of all it's amazing that Gary Patterson is now
2: 7 and 2 against Texas since joining the Big 12 that's pretty astounding stat it's crazy um but you know looking back now at at two games for Texas that the performance by the Texas defense in in game 1 or i guess in Big 12 play at least game 1 against Texas Tech wasn't just an aberration uh TCU was able to move move the ball easily on the longhorns throughout throughout saturday they put up 458 yards in Austin, Max Duggan actually outshined Sam Ellinger on Saturday. He he led the Horn Frogs in rushing. Had that game winning twenty six yard touchdown run. Uh, he was he was impressive. But Michael, you just touched on it. I mean, this game could have gone either way. It was back and forth, and obviously that that fumble at the goal line pretty much ended up deciding it. But uh, and it was just a bad play, considering it was first down. He didn't have to reach out. Yeah, if, that, if it was third or fourth, I maybe you know obviously I can understand it. But right. uh, but overall, though, the offense they they did enough. Their defense
0: just continues to be a liability. Yeah, and uh, the offense did enough, but it also wasn't great. I mean, you know, it took a while to get going. Ellinger wasn't like you said. Ellinger was kind of outshined by Duggan. You don't. You certainly didn't expect that coming into this game. Uh, so it's just not good down into Austin. Texas is not back. Uh, they can't <laughs> seem to put it the, all the pieces together. This was this was it. Like, this was supposed to be the year. Like, yeah. all, senior quarterback, ton of returning production, no excuses, continued system. Uh, it just... And it, they just don't have it. So uh, massively disappointed. I mean, they, what, they only have one loss. It's not like it's over or anything like that. But uh, it's just they're they're in a crapshoot you know we thought
1: they'd be a little bit head and shoulders above teams like texas tech and tcu but yeah. they're not they're just right there no yeah that's the thing is yeah they very well could have won this game and they'd be three and zero. um but i still think fans wouldn't be all that happy because they're not looking like the top 10 team that people were hoping they'd yeah, be going into the year and yeah. especially just looking back a few years ago when herman was hired you, you didn't think they'd be no. performing like this um this game was was kind of weird especially at the beginning just so many penalties uh 26 combined in the game a lot of costly ones especially for texas negating big plays so that definitely hurt them and yeah obviously now tom herman is is in trouble uh the good news for him is that you know OU, of course is is oh and two we'll get to that in a sec um in the big 12 beat them And and boom yeah exactly you can i mean you can kind of be right back in business at least with with a chance to win the big 12 because right now there's no dominant team in the big 12 texas as bad as they've looked, still has a shot for sure no doubt uh how about the bad beat on the total in this game <laughs> if you took <laughs> the <under.
0: laughs> yeah the safety
1: <laughs> at the end intentional safety taken by by max duggan and tcu just to run out the clock ended up taking it from an under to an over Ouch. And apparently the, beat, man. it shouldn't even have counted. It should have been the holding penalty should have been accepted and yada yada. So extra bad. Two Honorable. two weeks in a row our TCU's had kind of a crazy spread kind of yeah total exactly. the, the week before with Iowa State. It was like uh Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. All right. Well, let's get to that Iowa State uh Oklahoma game. Iowa State won thirty-seven to thirty, and that's the first time OU has lost back to back regular season games since nineteen ninety nine just insane wow. um great. what'd you think here ryan that's a crazy stat right i mean yeah. 21 years since they've lost two wow
0: that's Ooh, i'm jealous <laughs> um yeah man it's i feel bad for i kind of feel bad for spencer rattler uh just because i feel like he's maybe shouldering some of the blame here i mean it's not like he's um, he doesn't deserve any blame but i mean he was good in this game he was uh, very good yeah yeah there was no doubt that he Played certainly well enough to win, other than, you know, that last interception that he had. But I mean, he was good overall. There's no doubt about that. It's just the OU defense. I mean, it's it's holding them back again. And, you know, they're not getting enough pressure. They just had one sack in each of these past two games. Their secondary is still struggling. They get a lot of penalties. Uh the offense just this year just isn't as elite to make up for some of those deficiencies that they've had defensively. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Rattler. That's not – it's the offensive line. It's the receivers not getting open as much. They don't have as quite the playmakers they've had. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a combo of all those things. Even though if you put Rattler on last year's team or the couple years prior, he'd probably been doing even better because they had better talent around him. So, uh, yeah. I mean, great win for Iowa State, but
1: it's just Iowa State. Oklahoma's come down, joined the rest of the pack this year. Yeah, I think you – put it very well both the the issues with the the defense and the offense for for oklahoma we say issues for the offense it's still a, yeah it's still probably a top, top five 10 top ten right? offense but, but yeah just not quite you know maybe a few points worse than last year um and i just think overall like ou is is probably only a few points worse than last year's team but we kind of forget that they won a lot of close games last year they were five and one in one-score games, they won their overtime game, and now the difference this year, other than being just slightly worse, is that they've lost both of these two close games. So it's that the, the yeah. margins are are very slim. They yeah. they really are,
2: and I think perhaps the biggest play of the game was I'm going to butcher his name, Kenne in his 85-yard kickoff return uh mm-hmm. in the middle of the fourth. They were right. Oklahoma just scored to go up seven. He had the 85 yard kickoff return to to set up a, a really short field, and Purdy ended up running in for a touchdown, so made it a lot easier to score, and that tied it pretty quickly middle midway through yeah. the fourth, so that they could
1: be right back in it, and then of course they mm-hmm. were able to to pull it out late. Yep. Yeah. Um, so as far as as Iowa State, I've kind of got a question for you guys. I'll, I'll I'll make my case. So the question is, who's the favorite now in the Big Twelve with with Texas Oof. and OU going down? I think it's Iowa State and I'll make I'll make that case. So OU I would still say is is the best team. I mean maybe not by much, but I think they're they're the best in the Big 12. But with that 0 and 2 start, their chances of actually getting to the Big 12 title are not super high. Uh Iowa State's 2 and 0. They've already played the best team in the conference and a pretty good team at TCU, so they hold the tiebreaker over o- some teams. Exactly. And Oklahoma State, they're the other team that's probably in this conversation as far as the favorite but they've played West Virginia and Kansas so their remaining schedule is a lot more difficult than Iowa State and i think s- skill wise i think the two teams are are pretty even Oklahoma yeah, it comes down to State their head to head matchup it'll be a big it, one it, it might yeah so so yeah I, I think i mean it's wide open like it's, it's not like Iowa State's a dominating favorite by any means OU and Texas are still in it are still in it K State's 2 right? and 0 K State is still in it um, so yeah, but, but I, I would say Iowa State Essentially, favorite. everybody but Kansas is <laughs> still alive. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I really do. If I will, if Texas like kind of looks pretty decent beating Oklahoma, if they beat Oklahoma this week, then I'm, then I might kind of say, might be back on the Texas wagon. But I mean, at this mm-hmm. point, I agree. You'd kind of have to say with stick with Iowa, Iowa State or Okie State, but a lot will change this
1: weekend as it does every weekend. Yeah. Whoever wins that, that Oklahoma, Texas matchup gets a big boost for sure um okay uh Georgia completely dominated Auburn 27 to 6 their defense is insanely good as expected um and even though I've been low on Bo Nix all offseason I think kind of all of us have I think they made him look worse than he actually is I think they're going to do that to a lot of teams this year uh so let's talk about how much better though we feel about Georgia now (laughs) compared to after the first 30 minutes. Yeah. After the exactly first 30 minutes of the season. I mean, coming into the year, I kind of had it 50 50 between Georgia and Florida. Um, in the East, I, I favored Florida slightly. I think in part because of their schedule avoiding Alabama. Um, after week one, it was maybe more 55 45 in favor of Florida, but I think we're just, we're right back to to 50 50 if not maybe even georgia if if not tilting georgia's favor here. i know i think they might be a little better but with the 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 difference in schedule i think the fact that they have to play alabama is such a big difference especially with it looking even more drastic the difference between alabama and everybody else in the west so you know florida's game against a&m is is definitely a lot easier than than that one um but yeah i mean it's georgia's right there obviously and arguably better yeah, I feel light years better than I did a week ago. Uh we, we we obviously
2: knew how good the defense was, but but that's even actually outperformed my expectations. They completely shut down Auburn and and everything Malzahn tried to do. I mean, they were just suffocating. It was a really great performance and with that defense like you know, Stetson Bennett, his job at this point until maybe JT Daniels comes in, but even with him, it's basically their job just to not screw it up. Like uh, you know, in this particular game, he did what he had to do actually played pretty well. Um, the, and they were really helped by the run game. Uh, Zamir white had over four and a half yards per carry two touchdowns. They're really going to need that going forward to take the pressure off the quarterback. And then also to help out the defense and keep them off the field.
0: Yeah. I, I, I guess you just wonder what was going on with the first half of Arkansas, obviously Juwan Mathis, but it's like, I mean, he was terrible. Uh, he was just absolutely awful. i I'm, I'm. He had to have been doing better in practice because oh, that yeah. was. It seems like night and day difference between uh, Mathis and, and Bennett. But you know, I guess that's just kind of what happens when you get in the flow of practice. We've seen it at other schools, of course. You go with one guy, and then of course backup comes in and does a lot better. USC, you guys know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Brown and Darnold. But yeah, yeah, I feel a lot better about Georgia. That's for sure. Especially since they got the ground game going. Bennett's Bennett's smart with the ball at least so you know I don't even I'm not even factoring JT Daniels which maybe he could come in and do all right
1: but you know at this point I think you got to stick with Bennett Mm -hmm. and Kyrus Jackson emerged at receiver you you were wondering who's going to emerge as that second receiver to George Pickens maybe Kyrus Jackson yeah uh okay Tulsa came back from down 16 to 0 to win at UCF 34 to 26 Uh, second year in a row the the big upset here for for Tulsa Trey what are your thoughts on this game and is the you know already typically long shot G5 playoff odds is is that pretty much done I mean I guess to address that point
2: first um, the AAC they they really they couldn't afford any upset losses like this because what they needed was all the top teams to be as good as possible when they play each other Mm -hmm. and now this is Beating USF now for whether you're SMU UCF, or Cincinnati, Uh <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> we always do uh, that, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you're if you're SMU or Cincinnati right now, who are kind of the top unbeaten teams in the AAC, now that a win against UCF potentially isn't as impressive. I mean, it's still good, but I don't know. So, so I just don't yeah. see enough chances for those teams to to sneak in at this point. But you never know. They need utter chaos. But as far as the game, like. If you, it's funny. If you sit back and you kind of think about, you take into consideration Tulsa's near win at Oklahoma State. You kind of almost wrote that off. Like you're like, ah, Okie State just wasn't that good. But but Tulsa's defense played really good in that game, and they mm-hmm. they they did very well here, especially in the second half. They only they held UCF to only three points. But it was a, it was kind of a weird game where UCF goes up sixteen nothing. They got up twenty three to five, and you kind of said, okay, Dylan Gabriel, and they're just gonna the Knights are just gonna go off, but. Tulsa's defense just stymied them. It was super impressive. Zach Smith, the quarterback for Tulsa, he played lights out, and it was their ended
0: up being I think their first home loss since 2016. So good for Tulsa. Yeah, I was that was impressed with Tulsa. Their defense was wow. That was that was surprising. And their the defensive line just kind of putting pressure on Gabriel. Gabriel looked kind of flustered there in the second half. Yeah, that was impressive. But yeah, there there's no way a G5 team is getting in. I mean, there was a sliver maybe of a chance if all these teams were so good, if Memphis, SMU, UCF, and Cincy were all like undefeated or whatever towards the end of the year or whatever happens. But no, it's, they just don't have the out-of-conference to do it. They You need yeah. to have a marquee non-conference win, and this year didn't present it, so there's really no chance.
1: Yeah, and, and Louisiana over in the Sun Belt – I mean, they got Iowa State, maybe Iowa State goes undefeated, but Louisiana doesn't really have anybody else on the schedule, especially with App State taking a loss. And they've so. already, they're not dominating, they're skating right. by. Right, exactly, you know? exactly. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's get to the rapid recaps then. Uh, what do we got, Trey?
2: Yeah, first we've got Virginia and Clemson, no surprise here uh Clemson pulled it out they they won by 18. Trevor Lawrence and ETN were the stars of course Lawrence threw three scores two to Amari Rogers. ETN actually led Clemson in receiving 114 yards and Dabo and Lawrence both after the game uh indicated how Clemson overall didn't look that great but again it's not that bad when you don't look that great and you still win by almost three touchdowns. Uh, for Virginia encouraging performance I think by Bronco Mendenhall's squad they put up over 400 yards of offense uh with Brennan Armstrong at quarterback and through their first two games I think I'm a little bit higher on on Virginia than I than I was in the preseason we got South Carolina at Florida next the Gators won this 38-24 the Kyle duo has been just dynamite to start the year Kyle Trask threw two more touchdowns to Kyle Pitts uh Trask in the offense they just seem to have taken that next step or at least a big step this this year in the first half of the, this game, it was setting up to be a shootout, and I was getting a little more concerned about the Gators' defense, but they uh, they kind of settled down and uh, and made it at least a little bit harder on the Gamecocks. And there's still a little bit of concern with that side getting pressure and the run deep, but it's just something to watch going forward. Baylor at West Virginia. The Mountaineers won this 27 21 in double overtime. Baylor scored a touchdown late in the fourth to to tie it and force overtime. Then they exchanged touchdowns in the first overtime. But then Baylor's Charlie Brewer threw a pick and West Virginia was able to score and get the win. Neither offense looked comfortable at all. Brewer, Brewer's got nothing, man. Brewer just hasn't really developed much. Um, and then Jared Dagey for West Virginia, he, he struggled too. He threw two picks. There were six turnovers in this game. It was pretty ugly. Uh, Baylor, I mean, they only had 250 yards of offense. So not not great. Both defenses played well, but the offenses need to improve to to do well in the Big 12. And then finally, Ole Miss at Kentucky. All aboard the lane train here, boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. They won 42-41 in overtime. Matt Corral was a stud, 24-29, four touchdowns, led the Rebels in rushing. Tough loss for Kentucky, though, for a few reasons. One, they outgained Ole Miss by 100 yards, putting up 559. Uh, they had 400 yards rushing, too. Number two, they missed an extra point after scoring first in overtime. That's, of course, a killer. And number three, Damn. number three, kind of the play of the game was early on, Asim Rose had a, uh, he had a run for 72 yards, which should have been 75 and a touchdown, but Ugh. he prematurely celebrated by doing the, the Tyreek Hill peace sign celebration. He even pointed to the crowd before getting to the inside. and so he got tackled. It's then, unbelievable. Unbelievable how often this is happening. It's happened a lot this past week. That's awful. But then you compound it with a couple plays later. He fumbles at the goal line, which honestly it kind of looked like he scored. They Kentucky might have got hosed there, but he
1: fumbled, turned the ball over, and tough, tough sequence for Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that it happened in another game too. Uh, I forget which one the, this Saturday, but somebody else. Yeah, I think did it was it. like Abilene or yeah,
2: yeah Abilene it was, Christian. It was some yeah. or some
1: m- Army obscure school that it happened to. Okay. Yeah. somebody. Yeah, yeah. Just get in the end zone before you start celebrating. Unreal. Uh, okay. Well, I've got uh, Arkansas upsetting Mike Leach and Mississippi State, twenty-one to fourteen. That broke Arkansas's twenty-game SEC losing streak. So great wow. win for Sam Pittman and and Felipe Franks played well. Costello did not threw three picks, only five point three yards per attempt. Didn't help that the star running back Kylan Hill went down early in the game, but. Just, uh, you know, I guess that's what everyone's been saying. This is the Mike Leach experience. You know, he's going to pull off some big upsets and lay some eggs. So that's so far what they've done through two games. Yeah. Uh, Alabama, one easy against Texas A&M, 52 to 24. Mac Jones is, I think, very good. And he's got another weapon now. The sophomore John Mechie, 181 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Um, Alabama's a, just a monster. And A&M does not look improved at all through through two games virginia tech controlled the game most of the way and won at duke 38 31 khalil herbert's been great this year 20 carries for 208 yards in this game two touchdowns and pretty impressive win for virginia tech considering they were down 21 players due to covid including their top four corners and a starting safety so chase price was not able to take advantage and then finally aac dark horse smu (laughs) took down memphis Thirty to twenty-seven. Get it? Uh, Game-winning field goal at the end. So Memphis got off to a a slow start, which I guess is is not that surprising. They hadn't played in in about a month due to COVID issues. They had to miss a couple weeks in in practice. Uh, This is me making excuses for for. I mean, it did play a factor. That's for darn sure. (laughs) Yeah, but Shane Bichelle had a great game. Reggie Roberson, his receiver, two hundred and forty-three receiving yards, and he only played three quarters because, unfortunately, he suffered a, a non-contact knee injury that did not look good uh, at the end of that third quarter but uh, but Memphis still had a chance to win the game they had the ball late just about in field goal range for for their uh Blue Groza candidate kicker but Brady White fumbled and uh SMU got the ball and and made a field goal of their own sure did they sure <laughs> did what a dark All horse! Right. Man, sometimes dark horses
0: win right you know uh, it's <laughs> sure do Mike they sure do <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, first game for me, North Carolina at BC. Uh, North Carolina looked good early, but Boston College, uh, they were gaming this one. Phil Dracovic is looking pretty legit. He's uh, he's looking like a difference maker for BC. Threw for over 300 yards and let a game tying drive in the last minute of the game. Unfortunately, the two-point conversion attempt was intercepted and UNC returned it all the way to, for two points to ice the game. So North Carolina did hang on. They won 26-22. You know, I guess if you're North Carolina you've lost a lot of these games last year so if you're winning the ones these types of games now then i guess you're happy you know you're just happy with any win so although it was a little concerning but hey BC's uh not too bad uh next game NC State at Pitt back and forth game here uh, Kenny Pickett he led a late touchdown drive uh in the fourth quarter and Pitt took the lead by 5 they're up 29-24 but they missed the two-point conversion so go up by 7 which ended up being huge because Devin Leary on the next drive turned around and led a seventy-nine yard touchdown drive and took the lead with just twenty-three seconds to go. And uh they ended up winning thirty to twenty-nine. So a big win for NC State, kind of a unexpected one, and you didn't expect them to go in and win a pit. Disappointing for, for Narduzzi and company. Oof, and buried. NC State's just <laughs> they're, they're inconsistent, but hey, they got a couple wins under their belt already. So mm-hmm. big win for them. Uh third game I got Missouri at Tennessee. Tennessee took our business here big time. They won thirty five to twelve garantano was solid vols rushed for 230 yards didn't turn the ball over had just three penalties so those are some pretty good numbers if you're if you're looking at it from being just a solid solid group good start to the year though for the vols 2-0 beat two decent teams um missouri not looking good not looking good no uh my last game texas tech at k-state both starting quarterbacks ended up leaving the game due to injuries uh here in this one thankfully it doesn't appear either is going to be long term uh, we should see Skyler Thompson and uh, uh, Alan, Bowman. L- Alan Bowman back. Yes. I got it. I got it. Oh, well, I just, hey,
1: I just didn't mm. want you to look stupid, didn't want me to hang
0: I get it. I, w- yeah, I wouldn't want you to thing. say it
1: for me, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the
0: backups actually came in and did solid. Uh, you know, especially Will Howard for K-State. He probably actually gave K-State a little bit of spark there. Uh, that little guy, K-State man, Juice Vaughn. Juice Vaughn, right? Juice Vaughn is his name. <laughs> he's fun. Deuce, he's, but he's, he's fun
2: to watch. Deuce, or uh, Darren Sproles 2.0.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he is. He had nearly 200 yards total offense, couple touchdowns helped K-State
1: get a big uh, 31-21 win. Okay. Uh before we get to our segment here, we're going to get a quick word from our sponsor. We would appreciate it if you'd consider them. It's MyBookie winning season has returned at MyBookie. That means doubling your first deposit. It means bonuses cross sport wagers and player props including heisman bets every week they have updated heisman odds so you can take a look at those at my bookie winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long so to get in on the action use promo code cf bros so that's all caps cf bros to double your first deposit so new players get up to one thousand dollars in free play matched so Trey Ryan and I, we've all uh, signed up, and we've got some free play money that we're man, we're just another one this this weekend, another like free ten
0: dollars they gave you. Oh, another bonus! What was that again? If you all you had to do was bet twenty bucks on the Falcons, no, on the Patriots Chiefs game, mm-hmm. and they gave you ten free bucks to play with. Uh, you could really have used it at any point, but it was really you could use the ten bucks for the the second game, the Packers and the Falcons. Yeah. So yeah, there's always ended up
1: paying off for me. There's always bonuses like that, and with the free play money from our sign-up, we're just kind of spraying the board on Saturday, and it just makes it fun to have, have action on every game, yeah. you know, yep. something to cheer for. Uh, so, bet with the best this college football season for your chance to win big. Again, that's promo code Bros to double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. All right appreciate it my bookie let's uh let's get to our segment we've got some news here the pac 12 came out with their schedule for the season uh what stood out to you guys i guess you just got to go with the team that drew the short straw uh
0: that'd be ucla they have to go to oregon and they're they're one crossover matchup that these these teams have so they that stinks for ucla they're already facing an uphill battle there now they just made it even harder on them Mm -hmm. uh opposite side michael you gotta like your t your your squad's draw usc they got the cougs coming at home that's a yeah pretty good one that is a pretty good draw for sure i think the the best draw though would be utah uh they get the beavers coming to salt lake and then they also get usc the maybe another maybe the favorite in the south coming to salt lake so sets up well if utah can maybe take advantage but
1: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i the other thing i was there was kind of two things that that caught my one. One of the biggest games of the year is the first game of the year. ASU at USC. Games at 9 a.m. Local yeah. time.
1: Yeah. Pac-12 oh is experiment.
2: Gosh. I mean, that's just crazy. Um, that stinks. They've kind of rumored it in the past, but they're going to go that's for true. it this year. And uh, I guess it's the year to, to try it. So that'll yeah. be interesting. And then there was – it did with some of these schedules amongst the conferences, it seemed like favoritism kind of played a factor where they were trying to have the – the top teams, or at least the top favorites, get some home games. But the Pac-12 kind of actually addressed that. And they they said that they have they had two main principles for their scheduling. And one was they needed to ensure that each team got three home and three road games, of course. Right. The other one was they, they didn't want to change the locations of the future schedules of the divisional games. So, like, they were talking about I, – I wrote it down here. they It was they, – they, they had an example. So, this year, Oregon is supposed to play – the div- their divisional Wazoo in Pullman. If the game would have moved to Eugene this year, though, to to for Oregon to play for USC to open up the schedule, Wazoo would have had to play in Eugene for three straight years. Otherwise, they would have had to change the future schedule. So I guess it was just messy, and they tried to avoid that as much as possible.
0: That's Maybe that's their just their excuse. but Yeah, yeah. it's There's a lot of moving parts. Into hard to in say, but it, it
1: doesn't seem like a coincidence that in the SEC – Big 10 and Pac 12 the the good schools quote unquote, seem to seem yeah. to get a break. Uh, I agree. Um but I will say what I saw was um Washington I think is is maybe obviously USC is a big winner just with with having to, you know with getting rid of the non-conference uh Alabama game. No, yeah. yeah. But just as far as the even the in-conference I think Washington maybe was the biggest winner cuz they still do have to go at Cal and at Oregon, probably the two biggest competitors in the north which sucks but in their original pac-12 schedule they had to also go at utah and at usc from the south so mm. they were just they were getting screwed like they they were yeah. even if you thought they were good they were very unlikely to win the pac-12 now they get rid of utah and usc and instead they have arizona so that's Oof. that's a pretty big win for, for them a good win. that's true
0: if you consider the original schedule
1: that's yeah. a pretty big win yeah so um okay Let's uh, let's get to a top five list from Trey and Ryan and I have no idea what Trey is about to say. That's right. My <laughs> my
2: I don't even know what that I'm. It appears to say. Trey no, doesn't know what he's about yeah, to say. Uh, no, it's it's the top five quarterbacks this year, and this isn't based on Heisman rankings or draft ranking. It's just purely based on who I've enjoyed watching so far this season.
1: Oh, okay. So top five who Trey's enjoyed watching this season at quarterback. That's right.
2: Number five. Well, first of all, I've got an honorable mention. Grayson (laughs) McCall. Grayson McCall, podcast favorite, freshman for Coastal Carolina. He's been great. But okay. 3-0. Big game this week. Number five, Max Duggan. He's really only played a game and a half. Came in against Iowa State, nearly came back, and then he outplayed Ellinger, as we touched on earlier. He just seems like a tough dude, laying his body on the line, overcoming kind of that that heart condition in the offseason. He's kind of like a young ex TCU quarterback, Andy Dalton. Uh, So Duggan's been fun. Number four, Kyle Trask. Uh, He's tied for second in the nation, throwing 10 touchdowns, only played two games. Uh, clear command of, of Dan Mullen's offense, and obviously we touched on the, the connection he has with Kyler, Kyle Pitts off the charts. Ryan's number one pick to Kyle Keeps rising. He is rising up draft boards, though. <laughs> yeah, he uh, give him that, especially since Trey Lance didn't look all that great. All right, number three, Derek King. Was a fan of him at Houston... I was a little skeptical. I wanted to see how it panned out, but through the first three games, he appears to be kind of at that Houston level, um, completing two thirds of his passes, uh, over five and a half yards per rush. He's seven touchdowns, no picks, and and again, he's just he he thrived in that Louisville game on national TV. He's excited. To, I'm excited to watch Miami's offense now. Number two, Matt Corral, second in the nation um, uh, in terms of. Completing seventy-six and a half percent of his passes, it's fun watching him matched up with Lane Kiffin on that Ole Miss offense, averaging over four hundred yards of offense. And he's looked good against two pretty good teams, Florida and Kentucky, in their first couple games. No slouches, so they're going to be fun to watch, and Corral is one of the reasons why. And number one, Zach Wilson, BYU. Oh. Mm. He leads the nation completing almost 85% of his passes. He's tied for first in yards per attempt, 13.4. I just like the edge he has to him. He's got a little bit of moxie. His dual threat ability is fun to watch. And I know BYU hasn't played much competition, but they are just blasting them. So
1: that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good list. And with Zach Wilson, it's... uh I always love when it seems like every year, a few games into the season, there's some quarterback where you're comparing his incompletions to his touchdowns thrown. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's thrown more to East. I don't know exactly where he's at right now, but I think it's pretty close. So, yeah. yeah, He only had two incompletions like, last game, right? So, yeah. yeah 85%
0: completion rate. Not too bad. Okay. Uh, Herbie. Herb Street has him fourth, right? Oh, does he? They,
2: fourth, thin like Street put them Heisman voting
1: or something
0: or what? No, 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 I'm sorry, BYU. Oh, he put BYU fourth.
2: BYU's wow. starting to get they're starting to get respect in the computers just because of the way they're blasting teams. Strength mm-hmm. the schedule. They have a chance. At strength the, playoff, the schedule. Man. No
0: good, but yeah. Ryan, you're saying they have a chance to playoff if they continue to dominate like they do and they do they whip up on Boise and like San Diego State. They need Boise to be like
2: yeah. They need now, Boise to be really good. However, I yeah,
0: need them I to be. Under hoping
1: field. they can get a late other team on their schedule hopefully yeah they can schedule some power team but we'll see uh okay nobody's gonna really want to play them that's true let's uh let's get to our week six picks and we'll start here with florida minus six and a half at texas a&m what do you think trey this one's tough in the sense that i'm having
2: a difficult time figuring out this aggie team we we of course have talked about the opt-outs that aren't that aren't helping them but we still don't know their their offensive identity against Vandy. They they obviously we we touched on how they didn't look great, and and then on the, on the road at Bama, it's kind of tough to gauge. Uh, I'm just going to go off what I'm seeing, and and that's that Florida is better right now. I trust their offense much more at this point. We talk about pits, but there's also guys weapons like Tony and Grimes, Damian Pierce has run the ball pretty well,
0: so I'm going to lay the points with the Gators. Yeah, I I 100% agree. A and M has not been impressive to me um you know they just both sides of the ball has been pretty rough uh Alabama did whatever they wanted Vanderbilt some Vanderbilt made it a close game in at at Texas A&M that does not give me encouragement that they can stay within a touchdown of Florida who's firing on all cylinders offensively not the the greatest defense in the world so far but I don't care they're 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 looking good I like Florida huge Uh, I'm taking
1: them and making them my lock all right I'm going the other way. I'm going to take Texas A&M. I guess I'm giving them one more chance. I'm not as confident going the other way, though, as, as Ryan is on, on Florida. I think the score for A&M against Vandy was a little bit misleading. Um, so that's kind of factoring into people downgrading A&M. And then against Bama, I'm almost just going to completely throw out that game. Like I just think Bama is just head and shoulders above all these teams in the West. So I think they're going to do that to to everyone. Um, so I guess I guess my point is I just haven't docked a quite as much yet as as maybe everyone else has. So we'll see if if Mike Elko can slow down Florida's offense a little bit more than Ole Miss and this is South the game. Carolina. This is put up or shut up. It time. is. Yeah. I mean, if if they just get blasted, which is certainly possible, then oof, not good for Jim. Yeah, that's rough. Uh-uh. it's rough. Uh huh. It's got to tw- turn around sometime with the talent. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, Virginia Tech. At North Carolina, very excited for this game. Tar Heels yeah. are favored by five, Ryan. Yeah, and it appears your boy
0: uh will be the starter for this one. Hendon Hooker. Has he have they said that yet? I, I think uh it sounded
1: like Fuente sounded very said, promising.
2: Fuente, uh, Fuente was
0: optimistic.
1: I'm f i am it's it sounded pretty promising. I'm with you though. I'm I really amazing. think that he will be. Like it would shock me if he if he wasn't.
0: Yeah, I think Fuente, if he didn't come out and say it like hundred percent, I think it's like he in you know pretty much said it. Mm-hmm. In a matter of speaking, so, and you know, it's also be, because Burmeister has not been very good. Uh, they've really just won because of their ground game. I mean, they've been dominant running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Henon Hooker should be an improvement over Burmeister, who he was. He struggled last week. I do. He was real. or Yeah, I do. He really wasn't very good. So somehow they were still able to pull it out. But um, so if you give Henon Hooker with the good, good ground game, they got a defense that can. Put some pressure on Sam Howell. They got 13 sacks uh in two games so far, so they're leading the nation as far as per game sack. So they're they're getting to the QB, which will obviously rattle Howell a little bit. I like the Hokies. I, I think they're going to keep this one close. I think it's neck and neck.
1: um Could go either way. So I'll take those five points. I am with you. I'm I've been all in on Virginia Tech. I had them as my lock over before the season for the ACC. So I'm going to make them my lock. It, it does worry me that their secondary is maybe still depleted i mean we don't know with the the contact tracing whether those guys will be back this weekend but that's a concern going up against sam howell i know he's i guess you could say gotten off to somewhat of a slow start he's thrown a few picks um i will say that the yards per play differential for north carolina has still been very good so maybe their scores have been a little bit misleading uh in how close they've been but um yeah i just like virginia tech love handed hooker coming back that's the big reason combined with that running game i think that offense is going to be great uh offensive lines playing really well and defensively not only you know if even though the secondary is an issue like you said ryan they can get pressure and they can get pressure from that defensive front like almost all those sacks have been just the guys the yeah. on the d line uh justice reed has has been a very a big impact transfer from i believe Youngtown youngstown state so yeah virginia tech lock and florida yeah. This was
2: that uh this is a rematch of that that game last year that went 6 overtimes and they had to do that new 2-point mm-hmm. conversion rule oh, yeah. after whatever 4 overtimes. Um and I I'm kind of with you guys. I'm assuming I'm taking Virginia Tech as well. I'm assuming that they're going to get back most of the COVID quarantiners if you will. Um and but something's got to give cuz the Hokies lead the nation in in rushing uh in, in terms of yards per rush and North Carolina is actually the best in the country against the run. But they've really benefited from from playing two of the weaker offensive teams. They played Syracuse and Boston College, so not exactly Murderer's Row for Carolina. And so this is gonna be a step up for them. Um I think Hal and the Heels will will put up some points, but I think the Hokies can keep it within five.
1: Okay, we got uh Texas against OU in the Red River shootout. O. U. is favored two. And this is as close to a, a loser leaves town match as you're gonna get, I think, in yeah. the red river shootout both teams badly need a win i think it's going to be back and forth like it, it often is both teams are pretty similar to me uh questionable defenses both good offenses i think i just trust lincoln riley and OU a little more nothing that's happened this season like both of them have have underperformed a little bit so you know texas just happened to win you know miraculously in in one of their close games against texas tech but basically i feel like they've they've been the same so um, I'm just leaning on my preseason thought that OU is a few points better than Texas, so that's why I'm going to lay the points. It's totally fair. I mean, it's a toss-up, just like the point spread says. Um, and like you said,
2: they literally are mirror images. They, their offense and defensive ratings are eerily similar in SP plus. Um, it's a tough one to predict. I'm gonna take the two points for whatever it is for with Texas at this point. I. I guess I just, I trust Ellinger a little bit more than Rattler. I mean, That's you fair. can't go wrong either way. They've been a little bit more balanced on offense as well this year. They've had a little bit better rushing attack. Um, you know, last week I was dead wrong on thinking oh, OU would really bounce back. So I guess this week I'll say Texas does it. Um, <laughs> and Ellinger had, he had one of those not quite to the same effect, but one of those Tebow like press conferences after the game. So maybe they'll, they'll kind of rally behind that and, uh, Texas gets the win. Yeah, I'm going to go
0: with Trey. I just, I really can't separate these these teams. It's just, you're really splitting hairs between them. Uh, Like Trey did say, one small factor is I do trust Ellinger more than than Rattler at this point. So with that and just two points, I'll take two points. You know, I mean, that's, it's not zero. So, (laughs) you know, uh, I'll take two and say, hey,
1: I'll take it. And if it's a two point game, I'll be happy. But yeah, I'll take Texas. Okay. We got Tennessee at Georgia and Georgia's favored 12 and a half, Trey.
2: I've really liked how the Vols have handled their business, going two and zero the first two weeks, kind of won games that they they should. Garantano seems more comfortable. Running game's been great with uh, Ty Chandler and Eric Gray, but now <laughs> the problem is just how suffocating that Georgia defense is. I mean, we saw what they did to Auburn, and they just completely engulfed them and made them look really bad. Um, the Vols they they need the offense. They have a great offensive line. They need that run game to succeed if they want any chance in this one. Georgia's D, though, it's just historically good so far. I'm I'm going to take the Bulldogs until someone puts numbers up on that defense. Uh, their offense had been the question mark, but we touched on it. The, uh, the run game picked up a little bit last week, and I think they'll rely on that and, and get the win here.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just don't trust Tennessee to be able to move the ball uh, against Georgia. I mean, Tennessee's getting better. There's no doubt about it, but Georgia just looks too good. And on the flip side, when, t- when Georgia's offense is on the field, Tennessee's defense has been, you know, they've been solid, no doubt about it. But yeah. Georgia's offense seems to have woken up, of course. They they rushed for over 200 yards against a, a good Auburn defense. So I think it's a tall task for uh, Tennessee to go into uh, Georgia against that type of defense. Where Garantano, yeah, he's been better, but he's obviously had his inconsistent moments throughout his career. And a
1: Georgia defense will probably exploit that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I hate to be that guy, guys, but it is Garantano. Right. I think that's it's it's a weird oh, pronunciation. Excuse me. It sounds better with Garantano. It does it does seem like it should be Garantano, but didn't even um, realize I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, uh I'm a big fan of Garantano, so I really think that... <laughs> no. Um I think Trey, I think you pointed out. I feel like the key is if Tennessee's O line can can have success against Georgia. And you know, they've been rotating guys in, they're going like nine deep on that offensive line, which is pretty cool. A lot of talent there, but I'm just going to bet on Georgia's defense, like you said, historically good, and I I, I think they're going to make a lot of decent or good offenses look bad this year. I think they'll do that this weekend. So um, yeah, I'll go Georgia, maybe 27-14 type of game, probably low scoring. Yeah. Uh, okay, Alabama minus 23 at Ole Miss. We got Sabin against Lane Kiffin, and this is one of probably a few games this week that I guess could potentially be affected by the the hurricane. So. Yeah. watch out for that but um what, what do you think about this game ryan well I, alabama will pretty much put whatever they want up on the
0: scoreboard uh and that ole miss defense is just not looking too too strong um but you want know, you go to the flip side ole miss has been very very good on offense 77 points against florida and kentucky obviously not those are two teams that usually have good defenses so that's a impressive performances um i wouldn't be surprised to see uh Ole Miss put up like 30 points in this one. I think they can, you know, with that type of uh, explosiveness that they have, more Corral, uh, was it, uh, Ely? I mean, they're, they're pretty darn good. So, uh, I, I know it's going to be, uh, pretty much a touchdown almost every time when Alabama gets it, but I think Ole Miss can do enough. So I can see this being like a 49 28 type of game where it's like, you know, they put up enough to, to cover that.
1: I feel like, um, who's the guy in, in old school, the political commentator that, that was like, that was perfect. Oh, James Carville. James Carville. Yeah. Yeah. That was perfect. I have nothing bad. Yeah. I, I think that I think it could be a backdoor cover here for, for Ole Miss. Cause yeah, obviously Bama is going to put up as many points as they want, but, um, Ole Miss is not going to stop. Like that offense is, I don't know if the points yeah. are going to come late. They might, you know, when Alabama has the backups in, but they'll put up some points. Kiffin's gonna get some points, man. He wants. Yeah. He wants to put the points up. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you guys.
2: I'm gonna take Ole Miss. Saban. He's 20 and 0
0: against his former uh, coaches of his. Well, I
2: ain't gonna win the game. No, I know. He'll be. He'll be <laughs> hey? 21 and 0 after <laughs> Saturday. But uh, the over under too, I mean, assuming the weather holds out, the over under right now is 67, pretty high for a Bama game. So they're kind of, the odds makers are kind of expecting a 45, 22, 23 type game.
1: So I think Ole Miss can can keep it within the three touchdowns yeah by the way my my call me crazy prediction in the preseason was O was OU going down at Iowa State another one of mine was that Ole Miss was gonna either beat Bama or at LSU so all right LSU looks certainly LSU possible. looks more possible but hey I mean it wouldn't, wouldn't really it would obviously be shocking but it's in play you never know
0: yeah, could happen. a
1: couple turnovers from Mac Jones yeah CNN who knows over uh okay we got miami at clemson clemson is favored 14 and this is the third straight game for miami that that game day will be at um crazy very crazy and it's going to be clemson's first real test trevor lawrence has just been perfect like i saw some of his pff stats his accuracy rating compared to the rest of the country right now is just out of this world so um we'll see if if his receivers can get open against a Uh, a really good defense i think they'll they'll be fine mostly though excited to watch dear king and miami's offense get their i don't their biggest test for sure uh, of the season by far and and it kind of reminds me of when ou or when houston went at ou last year uh dear king they his they were outmatched from a a talent standpoint but king just kind of made things happen like he was getting Harassed in the backfield, he had to turn a lot of negative plays into positive ones. He he had a hundred yards rushing, so I think something like that could happen where it might not look pretty. Maybe his completion percentage isn't super high, but King is going to make some plays to to kind of keep them into the in the game to some extent. But overall, I think fourteen points just was a little too short for me. I was expecting Clemson to be maybe like a seventeen point favorite, so I guess I just trust them more. I'll, I'll lay the fourteen, but. I'm going to be cheering for D.R. King to keep it close.
2: Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm going to take the Canes plus the 14. I mean, last week, Virginia was able to generate a a decent amount of offense on Clemson, and I don't see why Rhett Lashley's offense with with King, of course, can't do the same. They've had an off week to prepare. Uh, They're going to need—the problem, obviously, is their defense. They're going to have to—Louisville was able to get some big chunk plays on them. If they can avoid a lot of those against Clemson, then they'll— Uh, they might have a chance to be in this game uh late and and it's going to be clemson's first real test with that with their talented but young semi-inexperienced defense that's what i'm really anxious to see is how how much lashley's offense can do against uh that clemson d Um, but i think no matter which way this game goes we're going to learn a lot about who these teams are going forward after this game
0: yeah no doubt um i i agree with trey here though I'm, I'm i'll go with the u i'll take the two touchdowns um just with how how well they've how good miami has looked so far i've been you know i wasn't high on them obviously coming into the year i just didn't think the offense would be able to click um but i've i've been wrong so far they've been awesome Derek king has returned to the d R. king we knew at houston he's been impressive and michael like you said you kind of were making the argument d R. King's king is just gonna find a way to make some points i mean he's he did it when he was live at Houston, and now he's doing it again here at miami and i'm I'm surprised by it, but I believe it he's I'm seeing it with my eyes the first few weeks, so yeah uh, i i say he does enough, and they keep it interesting I don't they they're not gonna win, I don't think, but you know they're they're
1: looking pretty legit, so
0: yeah, I'll take them
1: okay, uh, let's get to some honorable mentions this weekend
0: righty then, number one here for me, I got Tulane at Houston, Houston's finally gonna get to play. Uh, it's been forever. They're favored six and a half. This one's going to be played on Thursday. Um, I'm going to take the road dog here. I'll take Tulane plus the six and a half. They put up 66 points last week at Southern Miss. They rushed for over 400 yards. So I think they can give Houston all they can handle, especially when Tulane, they've already played what, like four games, I think this year so far. So it's quite a discrepancy in the amount of where they are in their season. So I think uh, I'll take the, uh, the green wave there. Uh, Louisville is favored for at Georgia Tech. This one's being played Friday. I know Louisville's one 1-2 right now, but they lost to a good-looking Miami squad, and they lost at Pitt in a, in a very close battle. So those are not anything to be, you know, sad about or whatever about to get down on. So Georgia Tech just doesn't pose near the challenge that those, those other teams do. Uh, and I know Louisville doesn't have a good D, but I bet you Jeff Sims will give it to him a couple <laughs> times. Uh, so <laughs> I think Louisville might be able to to separate themselves. I just don't think Georgia Tech is going to be able to keep up. So I got Louisville minus the four there. Uh, The third game, I got... Actually, it's LSU at Missouri now. Uh, That game was originally supposed to be played in Baton Rouge. uh, But uh, Hurricane Delta has kind of threatened the area. So they're going to move it to Missouri. I'm still... I'm going with LSU uh, in this game. Missouri seems kind of lost to me. I don't... I I haven't been impressed with either quarterback Robinson um, or... Bazelak, they just eh, haven't been that great, and the defense is, you know, w- with as poor as the offense has been, they haven't been able to kind of match or step up with what they needed to. So, um, and I know it was Vandy, but at least LSU got some good taste of positive momentum last yeah. week. Brandon looked good; they threw the ball over the yard, had 41 points. The offense looked better, so maybe they they, they needed some reps. You know, I think they're getting some reps now, and I think they'll go in and have some success at Mizzou. Finally, I got Texas Tech at. Iowa State. Iowa State's favorite 12 and a half. Pretty big spread, spread if you ask me. Uh, we're not sure about the health of Alan Bowman, uh, Texas Tech quarterback. Um, he's listed as day-to-day, so we'll see. Henry Columbia came in. Uh, I think he's a Utah State transfer last week. He did fine at K-State. So, Either way, whoever plays, I'm going to take the Red Raiders. 12 and a half. Um, I mean, in the Big 12, I'm almost to the point where I'm just going to take the underdog mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in any game because they all just seem so even. I mean, every game is just like neck and neck no matter who it is even if it's a huge favorite you know like OU over kansas it's just they're always so close so i'll gladly take the 12 and a half
1: and i mean other than kansas oh of course yeah games, of course yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. other games seem neck and neck okay uh i got nc state at virginia virginia's favored nine and a half and this point spread is actually kind of right in line with what sp plus would say but you know who are you gonna trust sp plus or my dumb brain because my dumb brain thinks Ah. that this is way too much it just seems like a lot um nc state seems hugely improved this year uh devin leary has been great at quarterback they've got you know a banged up secondary is is i guess the only concern for me here but i'm not sure if brendan armstrong is the quarterback to take advantage of that at least i you know haven't necessarily seen that through two games so give me nc state kansas state at tcu tcu's favored nine i guess i know what what ryan would would take in this game
0: oh yeah you bet
1: but so there's a chance skylar thompson could play um coming back from injury but as of this recording we're not we're not sure so it might be the the true freshman will howard but either way kansas state has played three horrible defenses so far so i think this is going to be a much bigger test for that offense and max duggan on trey's list you know he's through one and a half games looks much improved from last year so i'll just roll with uh with tcu and then coastal carolina at louisiana uh last year this game was 48 to 7 in favor of louisiana at coastal but coastal is just a totally different team this year they just blew out arkansas state their freshman quarterback grayson that's call trades honorable mention is currently fourth in the nation in passer rating just ahead of trevor lawrence so yes he's Better than Trevor Lawrence, Better clearly. Than, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, their defense is tied for second in the nation in sacks. I got to roll with our our favorite team, the Shaunts, uh, plus seven, cool. and then that's it's only seven at. I know that's a okay. lot of respect for Coastal. Wow, I know, but uh, Louisiana's been playing some teams close, so yeah, they have, but still, that's wow. Yeah. Mississippi State at Kentucky, Kentucky is favored two. Hard to predict Mississippi State, but. I guess I'll lean towards my, my preseason pessimism and roll with Kentucky. Kentucky is 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 probably worse than we thought coming into the year, but I still love the O-line, love the running game. Like Trey said, 400 yards rushing last game. Not sure why their secondary has been so bad so far, because it wasn't last year. so That's a concern, yeah. but I think the defense is is bound to get better as the season goes on. They've forced zero turnovers so far. That is bound to turn around, and Costello has been... Uh, very generous in two games. Yeah, so. He's prone to the Kentucky turnover. He needs this game. Yeah. Right? Yep, absolutely. All right. My
2: first game, I've got Arkansas at Auburn. Auburn's laying 14. I'm taking the chalk and Auburn here, and I'm actually going to make them my lock. Uh, I, know, I know Arkansas just upset Mississippi State. Auburn got smashed by Georgia. But I look at it like it was a great spot for Arkansas, considering Mississippi State was coming off the high of beating LSU. And then... And and then Auburn ran into the Georgia buzzsaw on the road. I, I just don't think Arkansas, of course, doesn't have that Georgia D. I think they're going to bounce back on the Plains. Pitt is favored six at Boston College. How's Pitt re- going to respond after that heartbreaking loss to NC State? I'm I'm actually going to take Halfley's BC boys and and the points. They took North Carolina down to the final seconds last week. Defense has improved a little bit from last year. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game given how good Pitt's defense is as well, but Pitt only has the 71st ranked SP plus offense. I think BC keeps it close at home. South Carolina's favored by 13 at Vanderbilt. I don't really like giving this many points with South Carolina, but I am going to do it here. Vandy's shown very little on offense the first couple games of the year. And quarterback Colin Hill, running back Kevin Harris for South Carolina, they've had some success against two top sec teams florida and tennessee tough schedule to start i think they they can take it out on the weaker commodores and then finally florida state at notre dame notre dame is given 21 not many times in your life have you seen florida state it's a three touchdown underdog i don't like really anything about this seminoles team right now they were struggling against jacksonville state last week before third stringer jordan travis came in and he led the comeback win he did look pretty good but again it was jacksonville state Maybe he'll be the spark they needed to, to turn the season around, but I need to see him do it against a team like Notre Dame, a top 10 defense on the road in South Bend before I buy in. So I'm actually going to
0: take Notre Dame. you kind of go with the the favors there. You, you, I took BC, usually, yeah. but uh, yeah, FTC, yeah. I'm with you, though. I,
1: I would I'd pick the same. Okay, let's uh, close out the episode here with a questionable finish. After several cancellations, Houston finally gets to play this week. What's something you've been waiting a long time for? Uh, I've been waiting a long time to get me a raisin canes around oh. me now. I, I,
0: <laughs> there, you guys got it down there in San we Diego. We just did it. Just yeah. opened like a few weeks ago. Yeah, and now I'm pretty jealous. I mean, it's not. It's. It, I'll probably not like it quite as much if I do have it close.
1: it's it's just it's money i like the toast i like the fries the chicken finger i mean it's good stuff we uh, (laughs) we've been recording late uh these podcasts so i kind of i have late dinners i'll I'll edit it and then i'll go get some dinner late night i've been going at like one in the morning each of the past two weeks to the raisin canes it's been time do you wake up what time do i wake up like yeah eight let's just once a week though the podcast yeah 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 no i but he said three nights i said three nights Late Nighter. No, he said he... the last couple podcasts. Yeah, when we record podcasts. Oh, I thought you said the last three nights. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, Sorry, yeah, man. last three nights I've been driving through Raisin that that. <laughs> That's That would have a problem. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, we brought this up on the live stream. My answer here is I've been waiting to get... You can't see on YouTube right now because I've adjusted the camera. But uh, I've got blue tape on my wall because we're hanging up pictures and we're trying to measure it out. And We haven't bought the, the frames yet, so... Just some blue tape up there. I'm waiting. Got a TV. Got a TV behind me, yeah. That's what counts. Hung up.
2: This yeah. one uh this one's easy for me. I'm still waiting for the dang hole in one. Hmm. The, the, oh, yeah. o- the older I yeah. get, the more pressure I'm gonna have to get one, so <laughs> it
1: better come soon. Man. Ooh, in the background here on my YouTube, you can see my hole in one trophy. Right there on the left. That's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Awesome. Wow. Wow. I don't even know
0: where my where's mine. I don't even know. What do. <laughs> oh oh that yeah. Thing? You guys don't even know. Wow. I
1: don't know. Did I even get one? Yeah, I had to. Have it would be one. so great. Oh. Dad, our dad Olet already has two. I know we've brought this up a million times, but if Ryan or I get another one before Trey gets get another one, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, we only play like once a year. I know so. that would make it even sweeter. That would make it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dagger. Kyle Trask said in an interview that he was. Actually named after the stadium where he's going to be playing this weekend, Kyle Field. If you could have been named after a stadium, which would you choose? I think Nealon Newman has a good ring to it. Nealon Stadium. Okay. Nealon Newman. I'll tell you what has a better ring to it. Schumann Newman. (laughs) There's a... Oh! Schumann Stadium is where uh, Ball State plays. I just like the rhyme. Schumann Newman. That's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the um, Levi's Stadium. What? What do we? Oh, I thought at? I
2: thought you were gonna go with the easy one.
1: Yeah, I thought you were going go with North- Northwestern's uh, Ryan Field. Ryan Field. That's a good. Should have gone. Yeah. with that. I regret it. Not going with that.
0: No, Levi's. I like the name Levi. I think it's pretty cool. I coached a, a kid named Levi. I always thought that was kind of a cool name. Oh, so that's, I like that. Yeah. Go it's a like college stadium, but they play bowl games what there. What
2: about the
1: Bounce House, Newman? Ooh, I like that. UCF yeah all right let's get to our upset special uh, gotta pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright and I hate to go against Billy Napier I love Billy Napier but like I said I'm going with the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina to end Louisiana's perfect season Grayson McCall uh CJ Marable the the highly likely combo at receiver opportunistic or kind of aggressive defense so yeah Coastal
2: i uh I was fortunate I won last week i had t c u against Texas Ooh, this did. week I'm going with n c state They're getting nine and a half or so at virginia um I bagged a little bit on n c state in the off season and the a c c preview but I'm willing to eat crow if they have a decent year. devin Leary played great michael you mentioned that earlier. they put up thirty on a great pit D, so don't let me down wolfpack yeah. i'm I'm finally backing you
1: all right yeah.
0: Yeah, they're they much improved. Um, I also hit mine last week, Trey. So I had uh, I had Iowa State beat No. Nice. Uh, I'm like three and one on my. Wow, that's awesome! Picks now. I think like, I'm two and two. I know. Maybe. I'd,
1: That's pretty darn good too. Uh, I wish I bet it. Actually, one it's line. been like, we're <laughs> I, we're uh, we uh, We might not have done one for week one because there's barely any. Yeah, I don't think we did. I think okay. it's been four so far. Yeah. Uh, this week I'm gonna take
0: K State. They're getting nine uh, at TCU. Big twelve man. I just I'm gonna stick with those those spreads. I mean, K State, they won at OU, they beat Texas Tech, TCU lost a close one to Iowa State, they did and then they won a close one at Texas Tech. They're all they're neck and neck, man. I just don't see a ton separating these two these two teams. So um even if Skyler Thompson can't play, I, I still think with Will Howard
1: with what he should, I think they could they could still give him uh TCU run for their money okay well thanks for listening to the college football bros podcast uh, again if you're interested go to my bookie and use that promo code cf bros um we don't get a cut of the losses don't worry it's not like we're <laughs> gonna be uh profiting off like that but it just it lets the sponsor know that we're getting the word out so we would really appreciate that and we will talk to you next week actually no not next week check out our live stream On Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, Saturday. All right, bye.
0: You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.